Hello and welcome to the Creative Chat, presented by the Destination Imagination Alumni Council. I'm Michael Russell. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk with alumni of the Destination Imagination Challenge Experience about how they use creativity and problem solving in their everyday life and career. We'll also explore how Destination Imagination helps shape their lives into what they are today. Destination Imagination is a global educational nonprofit dedicated to inspiring the next generation of innovators, leaders, and creative problem solvers. Through the challenge experience, students solve one of six different open-ended STEAM-based challenges that build upon the skills they learn in the classroom. In just a moment, we'll be joined by Joey DeFranco, an eight-year alumnus from Dayton, Ohio, who is now the COO and president of 1913 Media Group. Joey, welcome to the Creative Chat. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah. So, Joey, I know you've done a lot of different things in your life and career that have led you to where you are now. And I want to start with your current role at 1913 Productions. So what is it you do there every day as a president and CEO, COO? <laughs> it's a delightfully loaded question, and I'll give you uh, <laughs> the, the best answer that I can give. Um, so 1913 Media Group was started um, out of the pandemic, and uh, we were very fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of our friends in the entertainment industry who were out of work at the time, and we kind of sought camaraderie with each other and started to look at the business that we all have you know, danced in and out of since, since graduating from film school. Um, I was lucky enough to get to go to a, a top-tier film school in Savannah, Georgia, the Savannah College of Art and Design right out of high school, and uh, have spent my career on both sides of visual storytelling, both on the, on the corporate documentary and brand advertising side, as well as in uh, you know straight up narrative and uh, filmmaking and television uh, production. And uh, having a large contact base during the pandemic allowed uh, our group to kind of get together and look for, for cracks and find ways to innovate in the industry. And one of the things I've always kind of prided myself on, um, you know, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, is is looking for areas for improvement, um, you know, even in things that are 100-year-old industries. And uh, we, we got to look at an industry that's very close to my heart, film and television, and uh, start to identify different opportunities to get more projects made by talented creators um, and allow more people to participate in an ancillary way uh, to, to the process. And that starts with investors and capital to be able to make these projects, working directly with distributors and streamers on how they deliver the projects, um, and the, you know, most importantly to me, working with the creatives to find out what resources they need um, to be able to deliver top tier projects. And in 2020, you know, dur during the break, uh, I, I probably sat on you know 800 to 1,000 Zooms over six months, and I just mm. listened. I listened, <laughs> listened to investors. I listened to uh, creatives and filmmakers, people with Academy Awards on their shelves, and. Um, some of the biggest distributors of content on the planet and just asked in a perfect world, what kind of production company, what kind of studio would you want to work with and how would you want to work with them? Mm -hmm. And uh, my business partner um, is also my brother-in-law, Seth Hummel, and uh, another group of uh, our C-suite team who are SCAD alumni as well, um, all got together with this information. And out of that came the 1913 Media Group. And we really focus on roadblock removal in the process. Uh, that's kind of our core mission. Uh, and sometimes that is finding financing for, for projects, uh, writing projects that fit better distribution models, and then 
overall providing resources like our production studio that we're building in Dayton, Ohio, um, to be able to create these projects in. And so it's been a pretty interesting year and a half on this journey. Um, definitely a big swing from a, a project standpoint for me. Um, but you know, not, not my first rodeo as an entrepreneur or owning a company, but definitely a, a pretty large scale project, uh, that's going to bring a lot of economic impact, social impact, um, and job creation to, uh, to a region that, you know, could really grow in the arts and media side. Yeah. Um, you bring up a lot of different things I want to touch on. The, f- the first thing actually that, that I, I think maybe some people who, who aren't familiar with the industry don't realize is the amount of roadblocks that really are in place when you're trying to create um, a, a, some sort of media content for distribution. My, my wife does documentary filmmaking and the kind of catch 22 of to get money, you need to already have the project almost done. <laughs> Yeah. is is kind of it baffles me sometimes because it's like you need to sh- you need to do all the things that you need money for before you get the money and so i love hearing that but you're also looking at how can you help remove those roadblocks for for media professionals to help them create that content yeah i mean the the, the truth is too just the amount of content that we consume mm. on a daily basis now has changed massive right? it's massive massive <laughs> massive and uh we've entered a stage of very active viewership. So, you know, when, when you and I were growing up, uh, entertainment was pretty passive, right? Whatever happened to be Mm -hmm. in the movie theater, whatever happened to be on television, must see TV, TGIF, all those kind of things. You you just watched what was on like, yeah, you may choose what channel, but really you're at the mercy of what was put in front of you. And, um, you know, we live in a, in a time now in COVID and this pandemic have been a, a gasoline on the fire to enter a full wave of active consumption where we choose what we want to watch, when we want to watch it, how much of it we want to watch. Um, yet the way that we make all of the content really hasn't changed. So you have this total demand flip on the industry side, on the consumer side, and then you haven't changed the way that you make the products that those consumers are consuming. Uh, that to me is an industry that's really ripe for innovation and opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um so you you mentioned too about being an entrepreneur, and so I want to ask too: Do you consider yourself more of a storyteller and media creator, or do you consider yourself more of an entrepreneur? Oh man, can I just split that down the middle and take both? Sure. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I, I say that because I think there's there's a lot of overlap in the two. So yeah, I, I love your phrasing of, of of a storyteller. Right, I've made a career out of being a storyteller. Everything mm-hmm. I've done has always been around telling a story. And uh, it, it's backed by emotion. I used to teach a, uh, a marketing class to nonprofits um, that was about finding the uh, emotional side of uh, your your goals. And the idea was like, as a nonprofit, you shouldn't have a um, you know a dollar amount necessarily as your goal because you know dollar and time those are hard to build creative stories around. Uh, but you should figure out what that end emotion is beyond that dollar amount. What do you want somebody to feel when they donate or participate in your nonprofit? And that can be your North Star then for writing your story um, to to get where you need to go. And that's just kind of one example of how storytelling can really apply, you know, far beyond just creative writing or writing a script. Um, you know, when when I graduated from school, I, I did uh, a bunch of work for the Food Network. That was kind of my first real production job. Mm. And uh, I, you know, I have was, a good experience. I, I actually interned <laughs> with the Food Network in college. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I worked. Uh, you know, I, I worked on a series of shows uh, in the production management space in the Midwest. So whenever I was in Chicago at the time, and whenever they would come to Chicago, you know, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin. 
Uh, mm-hmm. We'd be deployed to go do production management and uh, learned a lot and uh, quickly realized that I had, um, you know, tr- skill sets beyond being a tactical production person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I went to school to go be a director, directed my senior project. and was like, I don't really want to be a director anymore. Um, <laughs> it was a real trial by fire for me. But what I did like doing is, is telling stories. I mean, that, that's the whole reason I got into this business to begin with. It's, mm-hmm. it's that idea of creatively telling a story and getting someone else to feel something. And uh, to me, that has been through my agency work, my advertising work, my experiential technology work, um, as well as my film work. And even as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I've had the privilege to go speak at different conferences about what we're doing with 1913 Media Group. Um, you know, obviously, we speak a lot to investors and different creatives as well. Um, and that is that part of entrepreneurship for me is telling the story. It's painting the vision of mm-hmm. what converting a, an old 100-year-old manufacturing facility in Dayton, Ohio to a movie studio. That takes storytelling skills because if you stand in it right now, it, um, you know, it, it's very early days. It's being demoed. It's being rebuilt. And, um, but also on the flip side of that, you know, getting investors involved in projects or even courting the right creatives and partners for a project like this, you are storytelling. You're painting the picture and the vision of what you want to be as an entrepreneur and what the company is that you're creating with your team. And getting people to buy into that vision, that story, and that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's something I think as a I feel like as a storyteller is hard. It may not be what I do every day, but when I when I went to college, it's because I I like telling stories and wanted to do that in a creative way. And so you can still find a way to tell stories in whatever it is you're doing, um, whether it is a quote unquote creative form or not. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it was. Um, you know, when I was when I was doing retail work, it would be what's what's the story I'm telling with the clothing I'm I have or the product I'm trying to sell and how can I yep. tell that story? So it all comes down to how you can be creative with your work to make it enjoyable for yourself too, because otherwise, why are you doing it? Yep, of course. Um, so we kind of touched on creativity there and what how you're using that in your current job too. But I think about the other kind of core skills that you learned in DI with collaboration and critical thinking, which obviously you're doing a lot of as well in this thing when you're talking to other professionals about how to remove roadblocks, you're doing that collaboration, that critical thinking of how to solve problems. How do you in how has all that really helped you be super successful to get you where you are now? I think so I have a couple answers to that because I think yeah. there are there are layers to my experience in DI. Um, you know, there, there are different threads you can pull from that that kind of chart the course to where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for me, I, I was never a sports kid, and so to understand how to play on a team um, and understand how to work with others and build an effective team, uh, that was one of the biggest takeaways I think I had from my time in DI. Um, to know that not everybody has to be a jack of all trades, not everybody has to be a expert in everything is you can have, I mean, not to get businessy speak, but you can have like subject matter experts, right? I, I, yeah. I think oh, of yeah. our, 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 our high school team, for example, we had part of the team was very focused on, uh, you know, electronics, robotics, building, you know, the kind of physical task piece. We had some folks that were very good at music and writing. Um, and then, you know, I was, I always kind of got tasked on the set design side of things. And so although we all worked with each other to help make these individual components, we had a really nice diverse skill set to be able to deliver a well-rounded solution to a pretty technical challenge. 
Um, you know, and that was part of our recipe for success on that team was having mm-hmm. not six or seven of the same people. Um, it was people who thought a little bit differently, but could work together. And when I build teams as an entrepreneur, as a director at different organizations, um, or even around freelance or film projects, um, it's about having that diversification like that, that experience to me still resonates. Um, you know, building an effective team, uh, a a well-balanced team, uh, that that's diverse and diverse in their thought process and how they work, um, is a really big recipe for success. Um, in any any industry, and mm-hmm. so I, I, I pulled that a lot out um, in, in how I think. Um, obviously, thinking outside the box too, creative thinking, yeah. um, and and being able to think on your feet. Right, nothing nothing like an instant challenge to uh, to get you you know your brain uh, woken up in the morning. That's true. <laughs> uh, and uh, but but it, it's that level of thinking. You know, understanding how to look at the problem that's right in front of you how to kind of pick it apart and come up with a, a solution that is maybe not the most obvious, but is the most effective. Um, that, that is a trait that I still very much carry with me. Um, and uh, on the flip side of that, you know, being able to look at something long-term. Uh, DI is not a short journey, right? It's not, mm-hmm. a, it's not a one-day piece. It is a you know, multi-month process of starting at the very beginning and finishing with an end product. Um, you know, making a movie is, is very similar in that sense. You start with some ideas, you pick, you pick the one that everybody agrees on that that is the best chance of success. And then you build a plan on how to get that done. And then you present it. Um, you know, doing ad work is very similar. And even product design and, and other types of innovation follow that same process. So I think there's just some DNA in, in programs like DI. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of ancillary programs around STEM education and coding and, and other pieces nowadays as well um, that, that really get the brain thinking differently at an early age mm-hmm. that can set those paths, right, while the brain is still developing to be able to have that thought process uh, later on in our careers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love everything you just said. That answers like all my <laughs> questions. <laughs> um so this next one I, I think is a two-parter actually because of how we've already gone here where you're kind of you're wearing you wear multiple hats um, yes. to a certain extent in your your own identity. So um, typically here I'd ask why would or should someone be interested in doing what you do? So we need to ask that in both kind of fronts here. Um, mm-hmm. Why would someone want to become a, a media creator or why would someone want to be an intra- entrepreneur or why would they want to try to meld the both like you have here? Mm-hmm. Let me start with the entrepreneur side because um, mm-hmm. I think the, that is... To me, a, uh, I, I like to demystify it a little bit. So, so entrepreneurship can be a, a scary thing on the surface. It is a, it's always a big leap. And mm-hmm. uh, there's one thing I've learned, and, and I've had a lot of great mentors and coaches through, through this process and, and previous business ownerships. And uh, it's important to, um, to th- think smart, but think slow. Um, and to kind of align yourself with the right people as early and often as you can and not be afraid to take a big swing. And I think by mixing those things together, so the people, kind of the confidence and the no regret attitude, um, you know, mixed together, give you a a really good chance at success at being an entrepreneur. And Mm. one of the things I've learned on this project is, uh, and I use this analogy a lot when I'm I'm talking to people about our company, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get down a mountain, right? If you're, if you're up at the peak, you could run straight down as fast as you can, and you're going to make it to the bottom, right? It may yep. be a little bit of a bumpy ride, but you're going to you're going to get there. Um, but if you take the winding path down the mountain, 
uh, you have a lot better chance of being exposed to different things that you wouldn't have thought about if you were in a hurry. And I have a I have a banner that hangs next to my um, bed that I, I when I wake up every morning, it says slow down. And that is a reminder to me to, to take a second and think and follow those different threads as they show up and not go with the quickest and the easiest solution. Yeah. And if someone's thinking about being an entrepreneur, I think it's, it's best to take it slow. Uh, but do not let yourself be a victim of, uh, you know, analysis paralysis. Uh, there's a lot of great right. entrepreneurs that, 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 you know, wait for their business plan to be done or wait for the market to be exactly right or wait for, you know, all of the, the, the perfect timing things. And I can tell you as a person who's, who started multiple things, uh, that timing is never perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you can make it ideal for your situation, but you know, by sitting around and waiting is the fastest way to put yourself out of business before you even started. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, I, there, there's a saying that, that I was taught, um, early in my, my management career too, which was, uh, right person, right place, right time, which is, you know, when I think about that with any decision, it's like at this particular time, is this the right decision for me to make with the facts I have right now? Yep. It's like, I can't wait and say, I need to wait five minutes for the decision I want to make to be right. It's right at this moment, is this the right decision? And then you yep. just have to go with it. You have to go with it. And, uh, you know, you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we've all heard the sports analogy. You miss, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, so, <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to take a swing sometimes. And, uh, I was scared when we started on this endeavor. This is, this is a big, you know, a big company a lot of a lot of money and a lot of moving parts and a lot of people um this this, this isn't a sole proprietorship sitting around in my basement trying to figure out you know the 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 next best product this is big team big money um big energy and uh you know big risk but if you don't take that risk you you can't reap the rewards exactly. so um you know that being an entrepreneur i think is something um you if you have an idea and you have a spirit you want to go after I think it's uh, it, it's always worth taking that swing, um, and hopefully you can at least hit the ball. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as as far as being a creative goes, you know why why would someone want to 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 be a creative storyteller or, or be a filmmaker or a media person? Um, we we live in a, a media centric society, and so you know when I was growing up, uh, there was kind of one path to be able to do what I wanted to do. It's like you could either. <laughs> go do something for TV and news, or you can go make movies. And yep. uh, even the tools that we had at our disposable, you know, I think the first thing I probably ever filmed was on a VHS camera where you wore the VCR over your shoulder in a sling bag and held the camera separately. And it's just very, <laughs> very archaic technology. And, yeah. um, you know, but there was, there was, there wasn't a lot of ways to creatively tell a, a visual story. And uh, right now we have a movie studio in our pockets and on our laptops. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I consider myself very lucky because I sh I studied film and television um, just as the digital transition was happening, and so I was filmed my senior thesis on thirty five millimeter film, and uh, by the time I had graduated, uh, you know my my first jobs at the Food Network, we were shooting high definition digital film for the first time, yep. and uh, and so I was one of the very first generations to you know. YouTube started right after I graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And um, all of a sudden, we had a place to put these types of projects that we could go film on digital video. And uh, all of a sudden, you could show your stories to the world in different ways. And, uh, and things like Facebook came along and social media and all the stuff that didn't exist 
um, you know, when I was in high school and growing up, all of a sudden was here and you had all these outlets to tell these stories. And it's very, it's a very long winded way of saying, uh, being a creative visual storyteller has a lot of roads right now. Um, it's a, it's a good skill to have. Um, I would say if I could teach one skill to everybody, it's how to tell an effective story. Mm -hmm. Um, how to, if you know how to tell an effective story, you can be a good public speaker. You can be a conversationalist. You can sell somebody anything. Um, and you can really help any organization, any company you're in by having a little bit of that creative edge, um, and being able to tell a good story. And so even beyond that visual medium, um, you know, I, I encourage people to follow their creative inklings sometimes. And even if you work in manufacturing or you work, um, you know, in retail, like there is a way to use those skills, that thought process, um, and use your creativity and it will always give you a leg up in any Mm -hmm. workplace to be able to lean on that. And you don't have to be an artist or a filmmaker to use those tools. Um, you know, really any industry could benefit from people that are creative thinkers. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, and, um, to piggyback off that for myself, you know, my, my career now may not be in the creative arts, but I found a way to continue to tell stories through podcasting, through doing some photography work on the side. You know, you don't need to make it, you don't need to do this every day for it to be a creative outlet for you to make you a better person to tell better stories. So just doing it on mm-hmm. the side is just go doing it, just going and doing it is the only way to, to know if you're going to like it or not and, and it grow from it. Yep. Um, you know, so. and your, your brain is, it acts like a muscle, just like everything else. And so the mm-hmm. more you can use it, the more you can refine it, uh, the easier all of that stuff gets. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that class earlier for nonprofits that we talk, and there was layers to that about marketing and how to, how to build an effective team out of incredibly limited resources. Um, you know, a lot of companies, even, even large companies, some of their smallest, uh, teams and the teams that have the least amount of resources, uh, are your marketing and creative teams, yet they have the ability to swing the biggest impact. And so if you can, uh, be kind of scrappy, you know, that, that's another DI skill, right? Yep. You're working within yep. budgets and time constraints. Um, and, and I use scrappy with all the, the positive accolades in the world uh, on that name. Like if you can be scrappy and creative, uh, you know, there's not an industry you can't go into and make a difference in. It's true. It's true. All right. Let's, uh, let's transition over to our instant finish. We've kind of reached the last part here, Joey. All right. This is always one of my favorite parts. So this is going to be five fast hitting questions for you about your time specifically in DI. All right. And we're going to do answers kind of without explanation. That's what I love about Great. this. So we kind of leave everyone listening. Uh, I hoping will practice for more gravity as much it. as I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one's going to put you in there right away. Because in All 10 right. words or less, what is your favorite DI experience? Let me count on my fingers so I get, get my sure. words here. Uh, <laughs> waiting to hear we won first at Globals. That's eight words. There you go. That's eight words. That's we, good. Uh, <laughs> it's a core memory for me. It was uh, it, It's just an uh, incredible, incredible memory to, to mm-hmm. wait through two, three, and then hear the one call your name. It's, it's great. Yep. There's nothing coming after that. So if you didn't hear yourself, you're not, you're not hearing it. (laughs) Congrats for that. Congrats for that. Uh, all right. So what, what's the coolest skill you learned in DI? Carpentry. Mm. (laughs) Mm Hmm. Short and sweet. I I had no idea how to use tools and I learned how to use them. Yep. I learned how to use a table saw when I was in DI. (laughs) 
I can't believe they let us do that. <laughs> There's a parent watching me. I didn't cut of off course, the fingers. Of so it was all good. <laughs> so in your opinion, what is the best material for an instant challenge? Duct tape, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever gotten duct tape in an instant challenge. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's probably pasta it's, noodles. Let's be real. <laughs> I, yeah. As long as it's not mailing labels. Everyone who says mailing labels, I just don't understand. But, oh, yeah. No, no. Pasta um, noodles are marshmallows, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who was your biggest fan during DI? Oh, that would be Jeff Schroyer, our coach. I've never mm-hmm. been encouraged more by anyone in my entire life. He was he was my coach for a long time through multiple team iterations. Uh, his son was uh, John was my best man at my wedding. Uh, we still all keep in touch. Our whole team still keeps in touch very regularly, and we've all had mm-hmm. kids that are now getting ready to enter the program themselves. And um, but yeah, Jeff Jeff Schroyer is one of the greatest OM and DI coaches of all time. I would stand by that. Love it. <laughs> All right. So last one here. Explain your DI experience in only three words. Mm, give me a second here. Yeah. Take your time. Life-changing friendship. I like that. I like that. See, creative Excellent. storyteller. There you go. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> No, it, well, it's true. Uh, yeah. It's like I said, it's the, those guys are the, the, the group that I still talk with. We still go on trips together. We still see each other regularly when we can, you know, pandemic aside. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure to still have those guys in my orbit on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, you know, when you meet people like that, that you can be on a team, even though, as I described earlier, we all had kind of different facets. Uh, you go through those shared experiences together. You learn how to think differently together. Um, and all of them are successful and doing incredible things with their careers and their families. And uh, I know in my heart that, uh, you know, DI and OM had a huge part of that. I love it. Well, Joey, uh, how could people either reach out to you or follow along with you in your journey uh, through the plethora of social media channels that we now have? Yep. Um, you know, I'm, I'm around on LinkedIn. So, uh, you know, feel free to check out my profile there uh, and reach out to me through that channel. Um, and you can learn more about our uh, studio at 1913studios.com. Awesome. Well, Joey DeFranco, thank you so much for spending the time today with us here on the Creative Chat. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This has been the Creative Chat, presented by the Destination Imagination Alumni Council. This episode has been produced by me, Michael Russell, with David Russo and Dan Gruber. Additional help and support was provided by the dedicated members of the Alumni Council's Alumni Committee, working to engage and inspire you, the individual alum, and the alumni community as a whole to add value to growth opportunities in your post-competitive DI life. You can visit us online at destinationimagination.org. You can find us on Facebook at Destination Imagination AAP, on Instagram at DI Alumni, and on Twitter at DI underscore alumni. You can send us your questions or comments at council at dihq.org. For all of us at the DI Alumni Council, thanks for listening. Stay creative, and we'll chat with you next time.